Alrighty, welcome to another episode of the Dented Can Show. I'm Dave. And I'm John. And today we're recording from Luna's Cauldron on Fairfield Avenue. So we're going to change it up a little bit. Not that you can really see it. So that just means that you should come down here and check it out. Uh, today we're going to have a little fun. We're going to be talking to Rachel Precious of Precious Oysters. Um, and we're going to find out a lot of fun about that. John, you were actually the one that thought of this whole project. So why don't you explain what caught your attention? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the cool things about um, people that are just doing things in our backyard is really the sustainability factor and the idea that on top of sustainability, we have food items that I think like for a long time, I mean, you take lobster, for example, it's rich man's food now, but it was poor man's food for the longest. And uh, one of the things that inspires me about that is sort of making the old new again. So that's kind of one aspect to it, one facet. Um, I'm sure we'll kind of get to dig into that a little bit more with Rachel. Um, I don't know, just like inspiring people ultimately with all of our guests in yeah. general. So, Plus, who doesn't like a good raw bar? Right, yeah. All right, well, let's see if we can't get her on the phone. Hello. Hello, Rachel. This is Dave from the Dented Can. Hello, how you doing? How are you? Welcome to the show. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. John's here, too. He's hey, grabbing a beer. <laughs> Hi, John. How's it going? Uh, good to be here. So, uh... Good. Just trying to, try to stay cool. It's a very hot day, so... Yes, absolutely. Yes, got to stay in the AC. Um, That's so right. Why don't you uh, just give us a little background on who Rachel is? Well, it's a big question. <laughs> um, a lot of people who know me comment on the fact that I've got so many stories about so many different things I've done with my life but most recently I found myself in the shellfish world and the oyster world and so um, that started probably I think around 2016 um, so my background is in conservation biology and then after school after college we traveled for a long time and then eventually ended up in uh, New York City which isn't far from where I grew up I grew up in uh, Westport, Connecticut and did the city thing for a little while and then burnt out after like two years. I was just like, I can't do this anymore. I hate it. <laughs> so, um, so I saw a job on Craigslist to um, to be a deckhand on an oyster boat in Stanford, Stanford, Connecticut. And I'm like, sweet, something outside, working on the water. Let's see what this is all about. And, um, and they hired me and that was 2016. And then I spent the next uh, five or six years uh, working in farming, so oyster farming, clam farming, a um, little bit of kelp. I dabbled with kelp. Um, and then I learned how to shuck. Um, for those who don't know, shucking is the art and the practice of opening um, shellfish, specifically oysters and, and clams. And um, yeah, so I learned how to shuck uh, aboard one of my oyster boats one day. And then with my background, um, when I was in New York City, I was a wedding planner for a little while. So Ooh, with my background in, um, with my experience in event planning and my passion and knowledge for farming with my new skill combined, with my new skill of shucking, I was like, you know, what if I could like, do oyster parties or something? <laughs> yeah. And so well, I now am the owner of Precious Oysters. My last name is Precious. So I um, figured I should put the family name to use somehow. And so now I do Precious Oysters raw bar catering. 
um, primarily for private events, but I do branch out and do some public events sometimes, mostly with um, breweries and distilleries and anything alcohol-related seems to go very well with oysters. So um, that's my full-time thing now, being my own boss. Wow, fantastic. So what was it that got you, uh, you know, into the conservation and, and, uh, you know, why, why that? Why not, you know become a banker or a doctor or something mm-hmm. yeah totally um i was one of those weird quiet kids growing up <laughs> i just um i was always playing with bugs and hanging out in the woods alone and just like loving nature and um i remember as a kid i think i was like maybe five or six i saw a t-shirt that had some like lions or elephants on it and it said future conservationist so i was like mom first of all what does it say i can't read that word <laughs> um but she was like, conservationist, it's somebody who, who saves animals, who saves the, the world, <laughs> you know, something like that. And it just stuck with me. And I just, um, when I went off to college, I studied conservation biology, and it was just everything, like from my very first class to the very last day, it was just awesome, like studying trees and migratory patterns and bird calls and all these amazing things. Um, so I've just always gravitated towards things that are outside, nature-related, and um, having uh, making an impact. I like... To, um, I like to spend my time and energy um, working on things that ideally have a, a good impact on the world. Oh, okay, that's really neat. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I too was a, a deckhand on a clam boat, a lobster boat, tuna boat, and a lobster boat uh, back really? in the night. Okay. Yep. So, um, with that, how do you feel that the the industry, you know, the the, the fishermen um, are impacting uh, the environment? as far as conservation and uh you know are they hurting it still or do you think they're 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 helping it Mm -hmm. so that is a very big question and i think there'd be a lot of different opinions on that um there was a documentary that came out maybe about a year ago i forget this oh seaspiracy i think it was called have you heard of it no i haven't it's on netflix seaspiracy and it's about um, the impacts of the fishing industry and it sparked a lot of really heated debate and it ties into your question in the sense that um, my answer would be that it's um, I think you have to you have to get more specific because for example oyster farming and shellfish farming is very different than say uh, shrimp the shrimp industry or tuna fishing and things right. like that so when people say the fishing industry while technically that does encompass shell fishing they're radically different and and then even within that say you're focusing on shellfish farming there's so many different ways to farm that it really comes down to the practices the farmers are using where they're working i think a lot of responsibility falls back and should fall back on um regulations both locally and at a larger maybe federal level because we all share the waterways and um, something you do over here can have an impact over there. And um, some farmers use, like they do bottom trawling, other farmers do suspended aquaculture, so many different ways of farming. Um, so I think overall shellfishing in particular tends to have um, mostly, if not only positive benefits on the environment. Although there are, of course, you can talk about like sediment disruption or like anything, it's, there are pros and cons, but I think the environmental, the positive environmental impacts of shell fishing are um, overwhelming. But again, like some farmers have their gear 
very sparsely spread out over many different areas. Other farmers are very concentrated, um, and that can have an impact on the benthic ecosystems. Um, How much you're harvesting is a whole other question. Um, I know the clam industry struggled for a while in this area and is still struggling because some fishermen, some clam fishermen, um, have been accused of over-harvesting and uh, the populations just haven't bounced back. So um, I think the newer generations of farmers are doing things much more sustainably minded than maybe the older generations. But that just comes with the territory, like every industry evolves and every industry learns and it's more science and data. Um, and the world itself is changing, you know, look at climate change. So we have to be a lot more aware of our, our actions. And I think most farmers nowadays that are just getting into the field are um, very ecologically minded. So I think overall, shellfish, shellfishing is, is good to the environment, but with regulation and with monitoring and sustainability in mind. Right, right. I remember when we were, uh, I was working with the clam boat, we kept getting smaller and smaller dredges because the skis, they used to call them these back in the 70s, they had the clam killers. I don't know if you've ever heard of that term. Uh, where if it didn't, if the clams didn't get put into the basket of the dredge, the skis just crushed them. And, uh, and you know, so um, I remember the, the, the guys that I worked with, they were trying to figure out how to make the skis smaller by using smaller dredges. So Hmm. Yeah, I used to work with a guy who, um, he designed a system that was, it was very efficient, but it was too efficient. It just caught everything, all the clams. And we just ended up, I mean, he'll never admit it. (laughs) And if he's listening, he'll know I'm talking about him. But he has been, um, people have said that he's responsible for wiping out a lot of the um, clam population. And at least in, in down here in like Jefferson County and parts of Long Island, because he just developed a system that was just really, really good. And, um, you know, of course, there should be regulation about like catch rate, catch limits, but maybe just at the time that he was doing it, nobody paid attention. Who knows? Right. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of along the same, same speed. Um, how do you feel that, um, you know, the private people, you know, like me and John going out and, uh, you know, clamming and oystering for ourselves for the dinner table. Um, what kind of things would people look out for and or, you know, do or not do uh, to have a fun experience but not be destructive? Yeah, so I totally um, encourage people to do what you're talking about, getting getting out there and digging around and catching your own food. I think, uh, especially with kids, you can show kids where the food comes from and, and get them out into the water and out into the environment. And they can learn how, hey, you know, like we got to take care of our waterways because the food you're about to collect and eat depends on the waterways. So, um, yeah, I always encourage people to, to get out there themselves and I always tell people definitely get um, get a permit from your town, a recreational permit. Um, first of all, the money goes to supporting um, local, your shellfish commission and local um, efforts to maintain the beds. But also, when you get your permit, they tell you where and when, it, uh, where to go and when to go to um, to harvest. Because people might not know it, but they might think, "Oh, look at this." Great- um, oyster bed over here, we'll get them, but they don't know that around the corner could be a sewage outlet, you right, know, or right. it could be a, a car wash place, and 
and maybe maybe there's nothing like that around, but it might have just rained a couple days ago, and there's a golf course with geese craft and fertilizers washing down off the golf course. So getting a permit, not only are you supporting your local commission um, and conservation efforts, but you're also going to get out there with the knowledge that you need about what's, what's safe. Um, people always tell me, oh, I was walking down the beach and I saw some oysters. I'm like, don't, don't, don't touch, don't eat them. <laughs> you know, they've been sitting out in the sun just on the beach. Do not eat those. Um, yes, yeah, so just be safe about it and uh, and then just dive in, literally. Go for it. <laughs> Oh, that's uh, that's interesting. Cause, yeah, because we have, uh, uh, I live right by St. Mary's by the sea there in Black Rock. They have that uh, Ash Creek where th- yeah. I've always wondered, like, wow, they, there's got to be some really tasty stuff in there. But, you know, oh, the water sure. that's Actually, coming by okay. doesn't, you know, mm-hmm. really. If, um, if you go just around the corner, the Fairfield Shellfish Commission has a community um, community-run uh, oyster operation. They got some upwellers, and um, those are that's just like a holding tank for baby oysters. Right. And they're doing fish restoration all along Ash Creek. Um, so if you live over there, you should definitely hit up the, uh, the commission and see if they'll show you around. Um, there's tons of oysters over there, but I, I've heard mixed things about Ash Creek in terms of the pumminess. Yeah. Um, I'd be a little wary of that. Yeah, there's, there's, <laughs> there's some signs that say, you know, don't do that, so... Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame, I'd love too. to see a sign that just says, don't do that. <laughs> um, I don't know, John, do you have any food questions, Yeah, maybe? absolutely. Since- so, like, um, in terms of oysters, when you go to put together a party, I mean, I know sustainability is obviously a huge goal for you at Precious and, like, really celebrating what's in the backyard. But, like, if somebody asks you to source things like kumamatos or, like, uh, Bayline oysters, I mean... What uh, what's your position on stuff like that? I mean, shipping it all over the world, right? Like, what's yeah? So when I first started, got started, I was um, not consciously, but I was kind of focusing subconsciously on like only local Connecticut oysters, which is you know I guess my general outlook on life is if you want to make a change, start in your own backyard. As a conservationist, I think I want to support any local sustainable industry. Um, so my first year or so in business, I was using pretty much exclusively Connecticut oysters and specifically Norwalk. Um, but then there came a time when we had, um, so the, the industry is very much, um, impacted by climate change in the sense that if we get a lot of rain, uh, I think Connecticut, it's an inch and a half of rain in 24 hours will shut down all the, um, the beds that are near shore and three inches of rain in 24 hours stress down all the beds even the offshore beds um so that means no harvesting for about a week and so i had this was maybe two summers ago i had back-to-back events it was like midsummer, and i was supposed to buy like 1200 oysters for all my different events and we got shut down and i was screwed and i had some buddies up in maine who were like yo we got plenty of oysters we like your company let's we'll help you out and so i used maine oysters and i was like holy crap <laughs> am i screwing myself over here by only ever using connecticut oysters um but also like again i do want to put the emphasis emphasis on supporting local but there are great farmers all over the place and definitely keeping in mind the environmental impact of you know, the carbon emissions of shipping, for example, all the packaging, I'm definitely wary of that. But if it means that I can also at the same time support a small farmer who's doing things the right way, um, I don't see why I shouldn't give them 
you know, the opportunity and, and share what they've worked hard on growing with uh, my clients. So initially I was doing pretty much only Connecticut. Now my, my, out, my outlook is more local first, but I'm definitely using other oysters too, like Massachusetts, Rhode Island, and um, sometimes Canadian oysters too. Um, but yeah, almost every raw bar I do features Connecticut oysters. And if I do offer other raw foods, it's in addition to Connecticut ones. Awesome. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> scaling and, and sourcing is always an issue, no matter what yeah. food-related <laughs> business you're in, you know? Yeah, for sure. That's right. So what kind of, uh, what, 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 what's your favorite event to do? Um, or where, where do you have the most fun? Yeah, so um, last year I was doing kind of 50-50 public events and private events. So private events being things like, weddings or anything that's booked in advance with contract and deposit and all that sort of stuff. Those are private events. Public events would be more like restaurants or beer festivals or pop-ups here and there. And so last year was doing kind of 50-50. And while all the events are fun, the public ones are challenging because you just never know what to expect. And as a new business, it's a toss-up between it's kind of a compromise. Like you get your name out there with these public events, you get the, the exposure, but you could lose a bunch of money. And you know, you could spend a whole day prepping for an event, and paying your staff, and then it rains, right? And nobody shows up. And so, there's a sacrifice you make as a new business owner. But this year, um, I'm focusing almost exclusively on private events. I've done a couple, a couple public ones, but they've only been with specific um, breweries. They know I do well with breweries, so. Um, so I like that, that I've um, kind of honed in on a more of a niche market. Um, it's just more sustainable. Now that this is my full-time job, my full-time business, I need to have a little bit of predictability and security right, with my finances. Right. Um, but um, the public ones are fun because the whole kind of the whole thing of what I want to do with my business is use oysters and beautiful, fresh, raw seafood as a way to get people interested in caring about the environment. And so, again, with my background in conservation, um, I'm also the vice chair of the Connecticut chapter of the Surf Rider Foundation. That's, a, that's an ocean conservation nonprofit, um, the Surf Rider Foundation. And I'm also on the board of um, Senator Chris Murphy's Long Island Sound Advisory Committee. So I do a lot of work in the public realm about getting people to care about taking care of our oceans. And so that's what I hope to do with my raw bars is like, yeah, this is a fun, fancy event. But like, you know, you're eating these things that came from the ocean that rely on healthy oceans. So when I do public events, that I hope that that gives me the opportunity to tell a larger audience about my mission. Um, but with the private events, my favorite ones to you are the small ones, like 25 people and under, because people are a lot more engaged. Um, right, so with right. my background in oyster farming and conservation, what sets my raw bars apart from other caterers, for example, is my ability to tell people why this oyster looks like that or why that one tastes like that or you know what are the different kinds of harvest methods or it's it's very engaging and interactive so um when i when i shuck for smaller parties like 25 people or less people tend to be a lot more engaged and inquisitive and listening and so that makes me feel like i'm really kind of driving things home so i get a lot um i feel very fulfilled when i do those kind of events that sounds great i hope i get to go one day it sounds like yeah. a really, really, really great time. Plus, who doesn't love a good raw bar, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, I, I, I'd really like to thank you for, uh, for chatting with us. Yeah, of course. 
Yeah, I like to connect with, I like to connect with you guys. It's, it's fun to, to link up with other people who are following their, their hopes and dreams and passions of, you know, learning about the world around them and, um, and yeah, sharing the good stuff. Great. Well, I appreciate your time, and uh, we'll let you go. And um, uh, I hope we get to stay in touch. Yeah, I'll talk to you guys soon. Have a good one. Fantastic. Right, Thank you. Cheers. Bye. Bye. I ran against Murphy once. <laughs>